this isn't an ordinary choice. It's not one that's encouraged. It's not one that's expected from most people. You are literally picking something extraordinary. Hi, I'm Anna Olson, and you're listening to We're Not Kidding, a podcast devoted to sharing stories surrounding the child-free life. As a life coach, I'm passionate about helping women feel confident and empowered in their choice not to have children. And I believe that by sharing our stories, we help break the stigma. So let's dive in. Hey, listeners, before we jump into today's episode, I was wondering if I could ask a favor. If you enjoy this podcast, would you consider giving me a rating on Spotify or a review on Apple Podcasts? It would really help this podcast reach others and support that mission of breaking the stigma and getting our stories out there. So if that's something you're up for, I would greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. And as for today's episode, I'm so excited to bring you this lovely, vulnerable, what I found to be incredibly inspiring conversation with Renee and Ken, who go by Aussies Without Kids on their social media platforms. And they are just two really incredible humans. And this was a really fun conversation. And for any listeners who might be sensitive to hearing about miscarriage. I do want to give that heads up for this episode, as that is something that comes up in this conversation. So without further ado, I give you Aussies Without Kids. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I am super excited. Today, we are talking with Ken and Renee, who you might know by their Instagram handle, Aussies Without Kids, or their YouTube channel, also Aussies Without Kids. They are uh, an incredible couple um, who have woken up super early to have this conversation, which I'm really grateful for. Um, So yeah, I'm excited if you haven't followed them yet to introduce you to them because they make incredible content and they're just really cool people. So that said, welcome, Ken and Renee. I'm so excited to have you both here today. Thank you so much. Um, beautiful introduction. Um, thank you so much for the kind words and uh, thank you for having us on. We're a little bit nervous, but we're very excited to to have a chat yeah. today and um, and share our <laughs> insights and experience with everyone. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. It's really special, I think, to have also a couple uh, on the podcast together. I've had one couple previously, Lee and Lindsay, who are friends of mine. And now to have you both here to share your experience and perspective is, I think, a really exciting thing for me. And I think uh, something that people are interested in hearing more stories like this. So can you walk us through your individual journeys to coming to the decision to be child-free, if that is what you would consider it for yourselves. I know not everyone feels like it's a decision for some people. It's just who they are. Um, But yeah, if you could walk us through how you both came to being child-free individually and as a couple. I feel like this was more of a journey for me than Ken. Um, But basically, I guess for context, I was raised in like a very religious sort of home um, where having children was kind of seen as like an inevitable part of life, probably even an expected part um, and strongly encouraged. So that's kind of like where I came from. But 
initially I started thinking about being child-free maybe like two or three years ago and just kind of, I don't know, didn't think about it much more than just like, oh yeah, I, I think I felt like it was too big of a decision to, to make. And then when Ken's brother and sister-in-law announced they were having a baby, I just all of a sudden got these really intense feelings of jealousy and frustration and comparison, which at the time I kind of translated as being like, oh, I must need to get pregnant. Like that's what must be happening here. And that kind of launched me into like, oh, that's what I need to do too. So then, yeah, we started having more in-depth conversation about trying to conceive ourselves. And then earlier in the year, we were actually like trying to conceive, but not long sort of into that process, I was diagnosed with um, Hashimoto's disease, which is an autoimmune issue that can affect your thyroid and all your hormones and things like that. So then we started looking at the possibility of, am I going to have fertility issues and what would our life be like if I couldn't have children or we didn't have children? And I feel like the more we started going down that line of thinking, it was like, oh, wow, this sounds really good. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was sort of just, it aligned with us more. It sounded more like the sort of life you wanted to have together. But I don't, at least for me, I don't feel like I fully had the confidence to be like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. I don't want kids. I was hoping I would get some big medical diagnosis that would tell me I can't have children. I think that was just me wanting to have that life, but skip out on the judgment and the negative comments. Cause it's not my fault that I don't have kids sort of a thing, but I feel like it went from like thinking of that as a possibility to hoping that was the case. And we just kind of kept discussing being child-free and what, what our lives would look like and exploring that option. And then I found out I was pregnant. So that's through a spanner in the works. <laughs> um, and it's such a weird like place to sit because you're talking about this possibility of being child-free and feeling like that aligns with you and then it's just like a 360 of emotions because yeah was a little bit worried given our conversations um what how can we take it looking back obviously we were happy but I the most exciting part of it was me sharing that with Ken mm. not actually being pregnant and I'd set up this really cute way of how I was going to do it and that's what I was excited for not actually the fact that I was pregnant. And she she did nail that, by the way. Yeah. The announcement was absolutely perfect. I, I did cry. I was definitely full of emotion, incredible, you know, happiness. Uh, but obviously there was that, that yeah, little thought I in the back of my like mind. There was just that inkling in both of us. We were like, yay. Uh, <laughs> not long after that, I... Um, I think I got just shy of seven weeks before I miscarried. Mm. Um, and I know for some women, they either feel like it really affirms for them that, yep, I want to be pregnant. I want to be a mother. And for other women, it's like, heck no, I'm not doing that again. I didn't really feel strongly either way. I just felt like a bit of relief that I don't have to stress about this anymore. The few weeks that I was pregnant was just incredibly intense anxiety every day for three or four weeks. Like just waking up, there's like so much you have to think about. Am I eating right? Am I taking my vitamins? Am I exercising enough? Am I doing the wrong sort of exercise? Like it's just a lot. And I just didn't really cope with it very well. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Ken can attest to my emotions being like everywhere. 
like not just hormones, but anxiety and stressing. So I really felt like, oh, awesome, that's off my plate, which sounds horrible. <laughs> but that's, yeah, I just kept, um, I know Ken really wanted me to think about if that's something I wanted, do we want to keep trying or not? But I just kept thinking about this awesome child-free life that we had been discussing that sounded really cool and oh like okay now we can have all these things and we can get more like fur animals like fur babies and stuff (laughs) like that we don't have this to worry about anymore that's really how I felt and ever since then we've just been discussing it I've been thinking about it for myself I know as a very (laughs) chronic people pleaser it was really important for me to make sure that I was making this choice for myself and that it was my choice. It wasn't me, you know, living up to other people's expectations or trying to keep other people happy um, and that I'm truly happy with, with that choice. Yeah. Especially as a people pleaser or a recovering people pleaser, like that takes a lot of sort of self-check-in to make sure that you are intentionally choosing what's best for you and not those internalized pressures or expectations. So I just, yeah, I want to honor you for that because that's really, it's a big deal, I think, in my personal opinion. (laughs) And also just, wow, uh, what a journey. And it's so, um, I'm sorry that for everything that you went through, like I know ultimately you decided to be child-free but a miscarriage is is a whole, you know, mental, emotional, physical uh, thing to go through um, from what I have observed. That was also one thing that I kind of struggled with, because even though I was really upset about it, it didn't really take me very long before I felt OK. Like it was literally like one to two days. And I was like, yep, I'm right. Let's get back on track with this child free lifestyle we've been discussing. Yeah. And then I started because Ken was struggling with it a little bit more for a little bit longer than me. I just thought, like, what's wrong with me? Why don't I have some big like maternal thing that's happening and I'm struggling with it for like a week or like I just didn't have any of that, which I think also is the weird side of having a miscarriage. It's like I'm upset, but. I also felt like relieved that it was sort of not something I had to stress about anymore. Yeah. 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 And Ken, what has, what has your experience and journey been like? Mine's definitely been, uh, I guess, a little bit easier. Growing up, I was always saying, I'm never going to have kids. You know, I'm not going to get married. I was always the kid that sort of just explored um, and went out and did things on my own. After meeting Renee, uh, that whole I'm never going to get married was completely thrown out the door. Um, <laughs> on on date one, I I told myself as I was walking away from her car after after walking her there, I I told myself she was definitely the one I was going to marry, and she was oh, going wow. to be So I've never been so sure of something in my entire life. So don't, that's really don't beautiful. Um, but in, in terms of the child-free mm-hmm. choice, it it has been a bit of a struggle. Uh, I didn't realize how emotional I would get uh, due to the the miscarriage that we had experienced earlier in the year. I think for the, for the biggest part, it could have been, I was feeling more emotion for Renee because I didn't want her, I, I didn't want her to miss out on something that she may or may not want. Uh, the biggest thing that I communicated with her from time to time was don't make this choice for us as a couple. Yes, we're married and we're a team, we're a partnership, but because you're going through the process of, of growing another human 
and you're having to put yourself through the biggest amount of stress in life, ultimately it is your decision. You, you need to make that for yourself and whether or not you know in your heart that's the right move to make. That's why I think it was a little bit easier for me to sort of navigate through the choices that were made. And, and looking back on it, you know, there's no doubt that we, we would be amazing parents. Um, I, I really do feel like we would be good role models. But if, if that's something that we want to achieve, we can do that in many other ways. You know, we can be role models to, to younger children through school programs, leadership programs, not necessarily just children. We can even be role models to, to other people and, and people our age. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's something I'm not sure about Ken, but for me, thinking about parenting, I've realized that I romanticize it a lot. And I think that was maybe where I was like, yeah, I want kids. But really, when I think of parenting, I'm like thinking of all those warm and fuzzy moments where, you know, you've got like a cute gender reveal party or <clears throat> people are buying presents for you or cute buying cute outfits. But, you know, when I see a kid throwing a tantrum in public shops, I'm like, uh no I, I'm <laughs> totally fine to never deal with that yeah and like dirty nappies like all of it I'm just like maybe not maybe it's not for me <laughs> yeah and yeah. I guess that that's the role of like a cool family friend or like an aunt or something you know like parenting comes as like an all or nothing sort of package and I think that's where we've kind of been able to decide like that we do want some bits or we can appreciate some bits are cool but we'd rather not deal with other bits and that's not really like the parent role yeah I mean it's not to say that you know oh we just don't want the mess we don't want to have to deal with tantrums so we don't want to have a kid um it's more I guess raising another another life isn't sort of what we want out of life that doesn't seem to be our purpose yeah being being child free to us isn't just oh yeah we just want to explore we want to travel and you know, that, that is sort of the main common answer we hear from people about being child-free. Um, but it's more from an individual perspective, like my perspective on it, is I want to connect with Renee on a much bigger level than just being married and having a child. And it's not to say that you, you can't do that if you have kids. Um, there are a lot of people out there who do have children and are able to do that. But for us, we want to achieve different things um, on different levels throughout our life. Um, one thing for me, the biggest thing for me is is to uh, get to know Renee a lot better than I already do. I think I know her better than she knows herself at the moment. But um, it is it was it was a tough choice to navigate um, to be child free, and there were a lot of emotions. There was lots of stress, but I believe that we're on the right path now because it it seems to be clear. Yeah. Um, it's a lot easier to think about, to communicate about, and to share everything as well. It's it's a lot easier now than it, than it was. Yeah. And I guess like coming together as a couple, we've kind of been lucky, I guess, with the nature of our relationship. We've just been co- in constant conversation about it, checking in with each other, but then, yeah, also making sure that individually it's what we would choose if we weren't together um, yeah. as well. Yeah. And I mean, like, even when we would go away and have those, you know, separate reflections on it, um, we would come back and I would be like, this is what I'm thinking. And then Ken would be like, oh, yeah, that's everything I was thinking anyway. (laughs) So and vice versa. So it wasn't really a big conversation. Like if we weren't on the same page, obviously, it would be so much it would be a much different story. It would be much more difficult to to work together. But yeah. I guess we've been lucky. We have that dynamic in our relationship where we're just naturally quite aligned in those different values and, and things. And I guess the life that we want 
I have, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like you've done a lot of introspection as individuals and then coming back together, finding that you're on the same page with what you came to as individuals and what you're wanting for your relationship, which is awesome. Another thing that really stands out to me about your relationship is just how focused on the relationship you are. It, I mean, in hearing what you've shared so far, you know, Ken you grew up saying you didn't want kids, you weren't going to get married. Then you meet Renee. Renee, you grew up thinking you would have kids. And then like you two enter a relationship together and really sort of all those preconceived ideas sounds like either went out the window or were brought in if they fit the relationship. Like the relationship became the center. I think that's so beautiful. Yeah, I think we just... I don't know, like we put that effort in for each other, but it's also not an effort. Like, (laughs) how do I explain it? I think as well, like I've grown up with not a very good example of what married life looks like um, from my parents and grandparents and things like that. And I was determined that I wasn't going to do that. I've got nothing against people who get divorced or separate. I understand things don't work out sometimes, but I just never wanted that for myself. So marrying the right person was definitely like an important thing for me. And I'm I'm sure it was the same for Ken. And then just, yeah, really focusing on each other and looking at like what we bring into that relationship. That's good. That might be negative and like where we can work on things. I think you have to like be accepting that you do things that are great but you also bring your own trauma and issues and baggage into that and being willing to kind of be there with each other and like work through that stuff is really important. And then, uh, yeah, as I said before, just, we've just been in constant conversation. We try to talk through stuff. I'm not really great at talking about my feelings, but I'm getting better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But just, yeah, trying to just check in with each other and like just, work through things together um and I guess yeah this topic of like being child free is no different to anything else we'd try to kind of work through together yeah Um, just out of curiosity can I ask how long you two have been together um we've been married for just over two years but been together for nearly four years okay yeah yeah Cool. I was gonna ask yeah. the time, the place, the date. <laughs> I won't ask dates, details. No, we're good. <laughs> cool. You know, with this whole decision around kids or no kids, have you both faced any outside pressure? And has that differed in your experiences of what those pressures were? I don't feel like I've had too much pressure. I guess the only thing is like maybe as a daughter-in-law, I think sometimes if your mother-in-law has got a son that hasn't had kids or, you know, hasn't gotten to that yet, they kind of look to the daughter-in-law like you're supposed to get some big maternal awakening and then I'll convince Ken that we should start having kids. Like I feel like that is maybe even sometimes an unspoken pressure that that is put on women. Mm-hmm. I haven't really had anybody like direct questions at me about babies or anything like that but I definitely feel like we have had not so subtle hinting from both sides both parents and I guess now that I've been pregnant once there is that expectation that oh they've tried once they'll keep trying like they want kids but we've actually come to a completely different conclusion 
So I guess that would be the main pressure for me. That would probably differ. I'm not sure about Ken. Yeah, I think the pressure for me comes from my my mother, uh, mostly. She's very big on family, not religious, uh, but she's just very sort of set in her idea that that family is absolutely everything. And, and it is, you know, our family right here, the two of us and the two of our bunnies are currently snoozing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we are a family. But from my from my mother, there's, as Renee mentioned, not so subtle hints. Uh, she would be sitting face to face to me and say, when you have kids or just that particular comment right there. I've tried so many times to speak to her about and have a mature conversation. As I do progress through the conversation with her, if it's something that doesn't sit right with her, she tends to say, no, nope, I'm not talking about it anymore and, and walks away, um, which to me is quite immature. Um, I'm, I'm trying to be a, a good person and have a mature conversation with, with my parent. Uh, and being sort of blocked and not listened to, it does sort of hurt a little bit. But I think the biggest pressure comes from her in particular. I haven't spoken to my father about it. We haven't been in contact for a few years. Uh, but my mother, I'm, I'm very much a mama's boy. I, I am. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, but I do believe, as, as Renee had mentioned, I do believe that she feels like we are still trying or it is going to be a possibility very, very soon that we are to have a child because we've already experienced being pregnant once. I think she's got in her mind that she is going to be another grandparent. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, you know, the fact that maybe her other daughter-in-law has a young baby and has, you know, like a lot of experience with kids and has worked in childcare. And then obviously like, I don't know, from my perspective, has that maternal sort of instinct and that desire to be a mother that kind of, I feel, puts pressure on me because then it's like, okay, you guys are up next. It's your turn to get this big maternal, you know, instinct going. And I guess, yeah, that's been exacerbated by the fact that I've been pregnant already. But that's a, that's a good point, actually. My, my mother had spoken to me a few weeks back um, and mentioned that she was upset that she didn't get a lot of time with, with her grandchild. So my, my brother's son, she loves family. She loves spending time with us. Uh, she wants to connect really well with Gabriel, who is, who is my brother's son. And she's missing out on being the grandparent. So she actually said to me, um, it will be different when you and Renee have a kid because I know that you'll be around and you'll let me have that time. And I said, that's if we choose to have a child. Yeah. Um, when I said that, she, <laughs> she sort of just closed off, didn't really say too much. Um, and she spun the conversation in a different direction. Maybe it's like the generational difference or like what they determine is a family um, and their sort of ex the expectations they have um, with that that kind of gets put onto us as pressure. Yeah. Um, I've even had my mum like, you know, ring me up and be like, because we're in the middle of winter here. Um, oh, yeah. oh, I've got yeah. my flu vax today. I got my flu vaccination. So I'm all vaccinated for when you have a little one that comes. And I'm uh. just like, uh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. It's probably going to be disappointed, but I guess it's good you vaccinated yourself. But yeah, just like different sort of hinting and pressures and expectations that I guess they have, which may be a generational difference of what they determine is family or what makes a family. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, Ken, like what you did with your mom and just saying, if we choose is such a great way to handle that, to just insert very nonchalantly that this is a choice and it is a question. 
and not a given and starting to chip away at that or just lay that out I think yeah. is just yeah, such a it, good tool. it can be tough with her especially uh, she's very set in her ways and her way of thinking she does claim to be open-minded um, but with a lot of different sort of experiences with her and conversations I uh, it that isn't really the case I love her to the ends of the earth I will do anything for her um, but she can be quite difficult to to speak to maturely um, I, I try my hardest to to speak very calm and clear um, and I, I find it quite disrespectful when you're trying to have that conversation with someone and they're like oh no I don't want to talk or they make a funny face and they're like whatever yeah, just sort of shut down yeah. um, it, it makes it hard especially when it's your parent and you, you're trying to learn from them and believe that they're the mature one when you're coming out and trying to have a conversation and they shut you down. But like you mentioned, sort of laying the, the groundwork with those comments. I have been doing for, for a little while now because that's what we've been we've been talking about and thinking about. But I don't think that she's really caught wind just yet of what we're thinking about and, and choosing. Yeah. So We haven't really come out and told parents or anything like that yet. We're just kind of like planting the little seeds here and there so it's not like a big huge explosion when we do eventually decide to to tell them yeah 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 absolutely and you know it's interesting just these examples that you've presented it is really you know their own personal expectations or like Renee you were saying maybe it's the generational thing um and that it's not like they've taken these you know, they've kind of decided what they want in their own minds and what they expect. And even, you know, saying what, where you're at hasn't necessarily changed their minds, but it is, you know, that is their expectation and their work to work through. Yeah. Yeah. But I really respect how you guys have handled this. It's not easy, especially when it is family and, and people that you do feel close to and care about that can be really hard. Ken, uh, what advice would you have for men who feel like they can't make the decision to be child free? Like, how do they ever come this? It's it's a tough one. Um, I know a lot of a lot of friends, uh, quite outspoken like myself, uh, have no issue with voicing their emotions. Um, but for the most part, society seems to still be in that mindset of a man doesn't speak about his feelings. He doesn't show emotion. He's just supposed to you know, be big and tough and, you know, take care of his family and things like that. Growing up, uh, my father was very much like that. He would occasionally say things like, you just need to man up, which I absolutely cannot stand. (laughs) Don't get me started on that one. (laughs) That was one of the hardest things to hear. Um, So growing up, it it was tough to sort of continue thinking that way. uh, When I've been told, you know, you just need to man up, you just need to be tough. Like, just go out there and be tough. Like, just do it. The biggest piece of advice that I can think of right now for for any man struggling to either you know make the choice or or anything is is just communicate um, whether or not it be with your partner, uh, family, loved ones. There are so many people out there willing to listen. You don't have to reach out to someone for advice. I think the biggest part and the most comfortable part about communicating is just having someone listen, which is something I learned from Renee as well. She does like to talk on the odd occasion. Um, she might say she's not good at it. Um, but when it comes down to, you know, feelings and, and values uh, and passions and things, that's that's when she shines a lot. And she has pulled me up a few times because I, I'm sort of the 
just a quick problem solver sort of mindset. She's like, this is how I'm feeling. Uh, this is what's happened. I'm like, all right, quick, we've got to do this. We've yeah. got to get this ready. We, we need to fix it. Uh, but I've learned over time that just communicating is is the best thing you can possibly do, um, whether it be about, you know, choosing to be child-free or speaking about a different career path, anything. But it, it is hard to be a man and, you know, struggle with that choice because you're viewed as, you're viewed as not a man, basically, because you're speaking about your feelings and your emotions, you know, how that's made you, you know, progress through that choice. But I mean, I'm quite new to this choice. I have had previous experience with sort of leadership programs through through college and um, high school and, and things like that. So if there are any men out there who do want to chat, I can't offer coaching advice, but I can listen. I'm more than happy to do that for anyone, man or woman. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Just make sure you communicate. <laughs> yeah. I guess as well, not having children doesn't make you less of a man. No. Either. I guess what Ken was saying about men needing to man up and provide for their family and kids like you're still just as much of a man and, and your life is still just as valuable if you're providing for yourself and your partner and not yeah. children it doesn't yeah it doesn't make you any less than someone who has to provide for a whole you know family of kids and things yeah 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 absolutely and I think that point about just having someone to talk to. I really do think that everyone can find their own path to their answer. And it's like buried deep within, usually under layers of societal expectations and pressures and outside voices and opinions. And no one can tell you how to find that answer. But in having space to talk and hear your own words and thoughts come out is the best way to find that. And you need someone to do that with. So I think that that's really cool that you have offered that and brought that point up because I think that that is one of the most transformative. It seems so simple in some ways, but I do think it is one of the most powerful things someone can do to find their truth. So what what was pivotal in helping you find clarity on this decision for yourselves to be child-free? This is going to sound a bit strange, but for me, it was actually considering that whole topic that gets thrown at child-free people, which is the whole issue of regret. Will I regret this choice? For me, some of the things that I thought around that and have kind of landed on with that topic have actually given me that clarity in this being the right choice. I guess the first aspect that I thought about that I've heard a couple of other child-free people say is if I choose not to have a child myself and later down the track I'm all of a sudden stricken with regret and remorse about my choice that just affects me and then it's my issue to kind of do that internal work and work through those emotions and you know I have a husband I can be vulnerable with and work through those emotions I can you know seek counseling to see what's driving that change of heart all of a sudden and it's just my sort of issue that I need to work through myself rather than if I have a child and parenting's not what I thought it was or I don't like the responsibilities and demands that come with it well it's too bad you've now got a a child that is dependent on you um and you can't return the, the child like a, it's not a jumper or anything like that that's it there's no going back so I felt like that resonated with me it kind of helped me to be like okay yep I feel I feel good about this this child-free choice for myself I guess the other aspect around regret that gave me clarity was actually a conversation that came about with my brother 
Um, and I don't know if you've heard of the Latin phrase memento mori. It roughly translates to remember you must die. What it basically means is living with that reminder that life is finite, is it will not go on forever. And are you happy to live and die with the choices that you've made for yourself? Are you living in a way that is intentional, authentic and meaningful to you? Or are you living up to other people's expectations? I think it kind of goes hand in hand with that like deathbed scenario exercise that some people talk about, like you're on your deathbed, what things are you going to wish you had have done or not done or things like that. And that can really help clear up like, what are my values? What do I want my life to look like? And then I guess that kind of led to me doing more of that internal work, like, okay, what are my beliefs around children and family? Where did they come from? Are they my beliefs? Um, what do I want my life to look like? And am I happy to live and die with that choice? So that gave me, a, that cleared it up, yeah. You just took wow. the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed that one. It's a wrap. Yeah. That was good. Okay, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> no, wow. Yeah. I agree 100% with, yeah. with Renee. Um, I, re regret is the most common thing we get asked here. Will you regret your choice? But constantly communicating about regretting the choice makes it a lot easier to handle. Um, whereas Renee and I, we do occasionally speak about, you know, we, we may regret the choice. That's something we'll have to deal with, you know, toward the future. Um, but the more and more we speak about it and speak about the things that we will miss out on, versus the things that we will be able to experience, it makes it a lot easier to, to handle. And being able to speak to each other about the regret, like I mentioned earlier, I was a, uh, a lot more emotional than Renee when we had our miscarriage. I cried for, what, several days Yeah. Um, on and off. I had to leave work a couple of times as well. So I'm not sure exactly what was driving that emotion to be so, uh, I guess, powerful. It could have been a, a number of things, but that's something we're constantly in communication about is, you know, the way we were feeling when it happened, the possible regrets that we're going to face um, not having children. Yeah, I guess acknowledging the parts of parenting that you would like to experience and just being okay that it could be something that you regret, but I think you can acknowledge it and still know that being child-free is the right path for you. Yeah. Um, and I guess like when we consider parenting, we kind of land on there are parts of it we like, but there are parts of it we don't like. And that's really more of the role of like a fun uncle or a cool best friend or something like that. It's <laughs> not really wanting to fully step into that parenting role. Yeah. 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 I love how you both have taken this idea of regret and faced it head on because I think that a lot of times at least maybe in my own experience there's sort of this like ooh regret like don't go there like right there's the whole idea no regrets live live your life without regrets as if it's something to be avoided at all costs and i think that when you really take them and examine okay what would i regret and face that and think it through it becomes a lot less intense or scary almost because it's not just something you're avoiding like don't look there I might I might regret like the not having Christmas traditions or something and feeling the discomfort of looking into that but I think that's a really powerful exercise to do and also help even expand your clarity even more 
around this. Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen from like my dad in particular and my paternal nan, like they're very much set in a negative frame of mind. And so they regret everything. Everything's like, oh, I wish I had done that. Wish I had have done, I shouldn't have given that up. Like, so I think when you maybe operate from a less negative perspective and you take into consideration, like I am a human, it's possible I could change my mind, but these are all the reasons I want to be child-free and therefore I know and feel that it is the right path for me, but I accept that regret may or may not happen. I guess for me, I'm not willing to have a child just to avoid some potential regret I may or may not face later in my life. Yeah. Oh, how interesting as you were describing your family that sort of have a regret mindset. Like I've never thought of, but you're right. It is really all about our thoughts and we can influence and we have control of those if we take a step back and examine them. That's super interesting. I had never thought about it that way. (laughs) Very cool. How has clarity around this or really stepping into the decision to be child-free, how has that impacted your, your lives individually and together? I guess I feel like for me, it's really like one of the few times in my life I've actually like stood up and advocated for myself and been like, this is what I feel is right for me. And I feel good about that. I've actually been surprised how kind of excited and empowered I felt by recognizing that child-free choice is right for me and being able to be like, this is what I want. Um, This is what side of the fence I sit on. Um, And I feel good about that. And I'm really glad that I haven't needed to be thrust into that parenting role and have a child to figure it out and then gone oh actually no when it's kind of too late to really go back and and do anything I know for myself I would I would absolutely carry that guilt around with me for the rest of my life if I had a child that I wish I sort of didn't have to deal with I guess for myself it's it's helped me realize that I don't know it's sort of hard to explain it's it's made things almost easier to deal with, if if that makes sense. I feel not like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders or anything. It just I feel a little more refreshed in being able to speak my mind a lot more. And as Renee mentioned, sort of stand up for yourself um, and and your beliefs and what you're choosing to do with your life. It's just made it a lot a lot easier to navigate through our choice um, the more and more we sort of experience uh, conversations with different people and come back and, and talk with each other. It's gotten a lot easier over the past couple of months to be able to, to deal with. And I think for me, that's that's a huge part because it it's allowing me to push further into different career paths, be a lot more creative with my mind. It's hard to explain. It just feels not not simple, but just a lot easier to, to manage those feelings and those emotions now. So. Yeah, and I feel like that just goes to show that we really do feel like it's the right choice for us. Yeah. Like it's what aligns with us, our values, and the sort of life that we want to have together. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I definitely relate to when I went from sort of limbo or, well, I started out like Renee thinking I would one day have kids. And 
I think this was the most empowering decision I've ever come to and just how it impacted all other aspects of my life and even helped me get through some of the people-pleasing tendencies that I've struggled with and and just become more assertive and become more strong in myself. And I never expected that outcome, never, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I've definitely had like experienced the same thing. I guess it's kind of, also helped me, I guess, going back to that regret issue, like the decisions I've made with other things that I've noticed have been people pleasing or living up to other people's expectations or for other people are usually the decisions I've regretted. And I feel like that helps me feel like, yeah, this is for me, this is my choice. And that maybe is why it feels like it's the right, the right way to go. Yeah, that's such a good point. I can relate so much that, you know, when I was living life to try and check someone else's boxes or fit who I thought they wanted me to be, that's when I have come into instances of regret. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Renee, can you speak to how your desire for validation from others showed up for you regarding this choice to be child-free? Yeah, so I think initially it was going through that jealousy and comparison and frustration when Ken's sister-in-law got pregnant. I didn't recognize that's what it was at the time. I kind of interpreted it as like, I need to get pregnant. I must want a baby. This must be like, um, she's a similar age to me. So I think that's maybe what encouraged me to think that way. But I think it was when I also got diagnosed with uh, Hashimoto's disease and I just noticed myself looking for ways out, like looking for someone to tell me that I couldn't have kids and that was going to be like my way out. And that's kind of what started rolling the ball on me thinking about being child free. Then I guess the more I thought about that path, I've kind of been like, that doesn't make any sense because like I'm having these feelings because I'm I'm jealous of her being pregnant, right? This doesn't fit. That kind of caused me to think about what else must be happening around that. I originally thought it was attention. I kind of labeled it as needing attention from other people because obviously when you have a baby or announce that you're having a baby, there's so much attention and excitement and there's baby showers and gender reveal parties and presents and all that sort of stuff that comes with it. But I thought like that doesn't sound right either because I'm absolutely the epitome of a non-attention seeking person I hate people too many people looking at me or putting that focus on me so that I thought like it might be the case but it didn't really fit right either and then I guess obviously talking with you about this I sort of like realized that it was those deeper issues of wanting support wanting to feel validated wanting approval and that's what I recognized that, that she was receiving tenfold just because she had chosen to have a baby. And yeah, it's kind of weird that that is all it takes to warrant all of that validation um, when it's particularly difficult because I feel like I've grown up with, I grew up in like a very strict home that wasn't really emotionally stable. And so it doesn't, it's not really surprising that I am wanting that approval and validation from people around me. And I, and when, as an adult, when you feel like you're doing all these good things that you're super excited about or proud of, and nobody else can see that, 
but oh she's having a baby so all that goes to her just for that choice I think that was what I was struggling with and didn't really recognize that until after the fact but yeah I think that's sort of how it it came about and thinking about being able to land on child free being right for me and feeling good about that but hang on like I thought it was the pregnancy thing but yeah, that's sort of, I guess, how I figured out that it really was those other issues of approval and, and validation that were driving me to try and have a child myself that had nothing to do with actually being a parent. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like having that support and celebration of what you're choosing for your life mirrored to you from others. And I can totally relate to that too, wanting that acceptance and support and validation uh, or affirming of your life choices. But yeah, that doesn't always come with this choice. I mean, it does like in in the right settings, right? Like you can connect with child-free people now, fortunately, thanks to like, it is a lot easier to find people. But yeah, but in your immediate circles, you might not be getting that from others. And that can be really alienating and uh, sort of hard, really hard. Yeah. And I guess like now that I've recognized that that's something I've had to kind of think about the fact that, okay, well, this choice isn't going to get you any validation either. So what are ways I can sort of give that validation to myself rather than it being more important that I get it from other people? Oh, thank you for saying that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That is so important. Learning to give that validation to ourselves is probably like the most important thing um, really for any of our choices or experiences in life. Yeah. That's kind of the next thing I've been working through and just kind of also realizing with that, like the only child I need is my inner child. Like we've got work to do. (laughs) (laughs) She's a full-time job. (laughs) Um, I just like those things. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you do like sweets, you watch Disney all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So. Yeah. Our inner children need playdates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. What has been the most surprising aspect of this choice looking back on your experience navigating this decision? I guess just like all the things that I've been able to like learn about myself through kind of the journey that we've gone through because I started in a place where I thought I wanted kids and I was going to have kids definitely didn't think I was going to end up choosing to be child free or feeling like that was the right choice but yeah I guess just all the the reflection and the personal growth that's come from like thinking through this and navigating through this choice I guess what's been surprising is how excited and empowered I've felt by being able to make this choice for myself and feeling like it really is what it aligns with me and my values and the sort of life I want to have. Yeah. Exactly what you said, that that feeling of sort of knowing it's the right choice, it sort of washes over you in a way like waves. Uh, and you just you just realize that it is sort of the right choice because it's, it's a very hard sort of emotion to explain. You know, I mean, we haven't been in this choice for a very long time, uh, but we have been speaking about it for, for quite some time. Um, and sort of just communicating about it to begin with making the choice how long ago roughly a couple of months maybe yeah maybe like five yeah four or five months yeah so we we made the choice four or five months ago and we sort of 
spoke about wanting to share our experiences, hence why we have just started a YouTube channel and Instagram and things like that uh, to connect with more people. But that just that feeling, um, it's it's so surprising to have an emotion that makes you feel lighter um, and being able to walk through life a little bit easier, knowing that you are on the right path and, and making that right choice for yourself. It's it does feel great. Um, and it, you know, it has come up some sort of cost because we have gone through different experiences with certain people and having to, you know, have difficult conversations and experience a miscarriage and, and things like that. But yeah, now it just, it's become a lot more apparent that this is our path in life um, and our purpose to not just travel and experience different things, but to share what we've learned um, and help inspire and guide other people to, to make a choice for themselves as well. Yeah, I don't remember who it was. I feel so bad. <laughs> Somebody that you were chatting with on your podcast um, and she said the more pushback you get on a choice usually indicates that it's the right one for you. And that's definitely something that I've kept thinking about. I'm like, pushback doesn't mean that it's not the right choice. It actually can mean the complete opposite. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I feel so bad. I don't remember who it was that said that, but yeah, I've, that's definitely like resonated with me and kind of helped me navigate that choice as well. Mm, I love that that stuck with you. Yeah. What beliefs or conditioning have you become aware of as a direct result of this choice? For me, growing up in a very like religious home, I was conditioned to kind of believe certain things about I guess life um, that there is a right way to live life and a wrong way to live life or even that there's just one right way and everything else is wrong and even though like I'm no longer a part of that group or faith anymore because I guess they're the messages you kind of get and it shapes your perspective of the world and how life should be lived it can definitely come into play when you're trying to make this choice, which I definitely recognized because I did struggle a little bit with thinking that I was making like the wrong choice. Like there's a right way, to, there's a right path to pick and I'm picking the wrong path, um, which I think is maybe a reflection of sort of the conditioning and messaging that I was taught as a child that comes with that like I was never encouraged to ask questions or really have any sort of independent thinking for myself it was this is who we are this is what we believe and this is how we behave and that's that you ask questions and it just causes all sorts of conflict and issues so that's been a difficult thing for me as well to actually think for myself to explore you know my own um, self-awareness and reflect on what I want for myself and and feeling good about it and that there's no right way or wrong way to live unless you're making the choice for somebody else yeah as as for myself I didn't have a great deal of uh I guess negativity or, or conditioning through growing up my I didn't have a lot of time with my father he was working quite a lot um owned a couple of different businesses so I didn't experience a lot of him being around to sort of guide me in, in the right way. Um, so I did learn a lot from my mother, hence why I talk a lot. <laughs> she's very, very talkative. Um, but she's very, not, not necessarily strict, but she's sort of very adamant about 
family is everything, you will grow up and take care of your family when you get older. Um, so, you know, telling her, oh, I'm never going to grow up and have kids or anything like that. She's like, oh, well, you'll change your mind. You know, you'll meet the right person. You'll change your mind. You'll you'll want them one day. And I, I think that was the hardest thing for me hearing. She wasn't necessarily guiding me. She was sort of saying, this is the path you should be traveling. Not you have to do this and you need to do that. It was more she was trying to usher me toward a life that she wanted for me as opposed to me wanting my own life as an individual. So that that was probably the biggest struggle for me, um, hearing those particular words. And they were muttered a lot when I was a kid. Out of my brother and my sister, um, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm a middle child like Renee is. Yeah. Um, maybe that's why we connect so much, who knows? Um, but I was always the child that explored um, and wanted to create things. And I was curious more than my brother and sister combined. Um, so not having that proper guidance and sort of just being pushed to believe that, you know, I will have a family, I will have a child. And that's, that's what life should be like for me. Yeah. It's a lot easier now. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Good. What makes it easier now? Renee does. Oh. <laughs> um, as, as cute and sappy as that is, yeah. um, it's, it's a lot easier to deal with, um, not just because I have someone to, you know, push all my emotions onto or anything like that. It's the fact that Renee listens. Mm. Um, we're able to communicate together. She's another powerful female figure in my life that I care the world about. So, yeah, I got to make sure I don't cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, having, having Renee by my side and she, she helps me realize my potential and what I, what I can achieve. She's never once said, you should be doing this or you need to be doing that. She's saying, what would you like to do? What do you believe is the right path? And that is the sort of guidance that I have needed for a, you know, a very, very long time. And having that for the past four years, I before I met Renee, I was in a boring job. Um, I never really pushed myself to get a different job or move into a different career path. And then meeting Renee, I've experienced... Not so many different jobs that I like can't hold a job, but I've been able to experience um, lots of different industries. Um, I've been able to be a lot more creative with my mind as well. Yeah, definitely the number one thing is Renee. So that's awesome. Don't you cry, guys don't are yeah. a good team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as we're getting towards the end here, is there advice or encouragement you'd like to share with anyone who is listening? and might be struggling with this decision or aspects of it? I guess just my advice would be just constantly checking in with yourself. Even if that means having to maybe enforce boundaries around how often you see people who plant that those seeds of doubt that you are making a wrong choice or that you're not living your life the correct way so that you can have that space to check in with yourself and do that reflection um, and just becoming more self-aware, I guess, like asking yourself, what are my beliefs around family? What are my beliefs around having children? Are they my beliefs? You know, where did they come from? Have I been conditioned to think of this a certain way? And like, just challenge yourself on all those things so that you can make sure that you're making a choice that is your choice that's right for you. What's really become really important to me is not living my life on autopilot, making sure yeah. that I'm living intentionally meaningfully I'm bringing things into my life that fill me with joy and that lift me up 
so that I'm living my life, I'm enjoying life, I'm not just coping moment to moment, um, you know, loathing Monday, living for Friday, and just coping with every moment in between the two. So I feel like getting to that is recognizing what things are going to help with that, what things are not going to help with that, and just, yeah, doing that self-reflection. My encouragement would be that this isn't an ordinary choice. It's not one that's encouraged. It's not one that's expected from most people. You are literally picking something extraordinary. And what comes with that is, you know, pushback. And and that doesn't mean it's the wrong choice. And I guess going back to that self-reflection is where you really need to, or where you really gain, whether it aligns with you, your values, what sort of things you want to achieve in life to really make sure that it is a choice that you're making for yourself. Mm. Yeah, like like Renee mentioned, with the values, basically, can you live with those values with or without children? Find out what is important to you in life, um, what you'd like to achieve. You know, you hear from so many people, what does your life look like in 5, 10, 15, 15 years? Um, that's a really good exercise to, to take part of because it helps you sort of understand what's important to you in the future. Um, whether that be with or without children. In terms of encouragement, you're not alone. Like Renee said, this is an extraordinary thing to choose. You might think that you're by yourself because your family has children or they're expecting you to have children, but you definitely are not alone. There are so many people out there willing to listen, to talk to you. Um, We actually met a child-free couple just the other week in our hometown as well, um, and we're going out with them next weekend as well, which will be really cool. Uh, We had no idea the community was this big. So the biggest piece of advice is just reach out to someone because you're not alone in this choice. Yeah. And it is a choice. It is a choice. (laughs) You know, like, yeah, you don't owe anybody anything. You don't owe anybody children if it's ultimately what you feel is not the right path for you. Yeah. 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 Oh, thank you both so much for all of that wisdom, advice, and encouragement. (laughs) As we are getting to the end, could you tell us about what you're doing on Instagram and YouTube and how to find you? So we've started an Instagram and YouTube channel, which you can find the link in the description of this video. Um, But it is Aussies Without Kids. We're on Instagram and YouTube. The basis for those social platforms is more or less to document what we are doing throughout our life and sharing that with others in the hopes that we can, you know, help guide and inspire other people to not like, Hey, we want to help you make this choice because we're trying to make more people make the choice. It's more, we're sharing our experiences so people can see that they're not alone in in that way of thinking, you know, there might be some people out there that will see our socials or our videos and be like, that's what I've been thinking about for so long now. Maybe I'll reach out to them. Maybe I'll reach out to, Maybe I'll reach out to Anna um, and talk about it. Um, and they might feel a lot better just being able to have a conversation with with one of us or anyone out there in the community. But it's, yeah, it's just something that we wanted to create, not just for ourselves, but for others to, you know, potentially make the choice for themselves. That's awesome. Thank you for what you're doing. I I loved your vlog. I'm looking forward to more vlogs on your YouTube channel. And I was really jealous of the gluten-free donut because uh, I can't eat wheat either. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay, I have to, I have to go, I have to go visit them and (laughs) go to that place. Um, Well, you're welcome. Anytime you come down, you're more than welcome. We'll take care of you. 
Thank you. Likewise, if you ever make it to the States, I don't know why you'd come to Iowa, but if you do, (laughs) I would definitely love to have you. Yeah. Awesome. I am so excited for you guys to have, to be out there sharing your experience being child-free. I think the more we have that representation out there and for people to find the better, right? Like it's awesome. So thank you so much. And your content is awesome. I love following both platforms. So yeah. And thanks so much for waking up super early to (laughs) have this conversation. (laughs) I'm Uh, so thank you. Thank you so much for having us. It's um when when you sent us the message about um, I would like to have you on my podcast because we both have access to our Instagram account. We've both looked at the message at the same time from across the room and just looked at each other and gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we got we got really excited to to do this. And um I'll definitely admit that I was a little bit nervous. I mean, I've I've streamed previously in front of a camera for for two, three odd years. Um, I have no issue talking to people, but it's just when you're meeting someone that is a big inspiration, it it does make you quite nervous. So we really we really do appreciate you having us on. Um, yeah. This podcast has also helped me find that clarity and encouraged me to actually make a decision for myself. So, yeah, thank you for for the podcast and for having us. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Now I'm the one who's like. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Thank you both so much. That means the world to me because I look at you both with the same awe and inspiration for what you're doing. So genuinely, it's a big honor to have you on the podcast and to be on your platform too is such an honor. So thank you. Hey, don't go yet. I have something really exciting to share with you. I created a community for child-free people. That's right, a place for us all to hang out, get to know each other, and become friends. So if you could use some more child-free friends in your life, please come hang out with us. It's like we have our own private social media network. Inside the club, we have weekly virtual meetups via Zoom. We have a community feed with ongoing posts and discussions so we can continue our friendship outside of our virtual meetups. And down the road, we're going to have in-person meetups and take these relationships offline and in-person. So if you want in, head to wnk-club.com. That's wnk as in we're not kidding, dash C-L-U-B dot com. I can't wait to see you in the club.